Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo! Hello, loyal NVC listeners. This is Jose with a really quick announcement. On Saturday, November 23rd at 12 Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, our friends at Nintendo World Report will be having their fourth annual uh, live podcast telethon where the proceeds go to Child's Play. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what Child's Play is, it's a great charity that provides toys and games to hospitalized kids. All the proceeds will be going to that, and I'll be appearing as a special guest along with a bunch of other people. They have a fantastic program. 
and you'll find a link to it in the show. So please check it out, consider donating, and show some support for other folks this fine holiday season. And now, on with the podcast. And a special intro by everyone's favorite, acapella master, Smooth McGroove. Welcome to NBC for the week of November 22nd. A big week in electronics entertainment, or video games, <laughs> mm-hmm. as some people call them. History. I am your host, Jose Otero, and thank you for tuning in to this podcast all about Nintendo and brought to you by IGN. Joining me this week, first up, Brian Altano. Bruh! And that's a quick barab because he's on a schedule. <laughs> Next up is... Pear, guten tag. And lastly, we have all the way from uh, the other side of the planet, technically, Keza McDonald. Isn't the internet brilliant that we can do this? I, cool. Why didn't you say oi? What the heck? Because <laughs> it's not what we say in my country. We like to um, greet people with a slap to the face. Oh, okay. I, I like that. I, I could get with that. Yeah. That's, that's how we say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so as everyone knows, we're here to talk about uh, the game that we've kind of not talked much about. And I, I actually want to add, we're going to talk about Zelda Link Between Worlds first. And I kind of want to ask you guys, um, spoilers or no spoilers? Like, what, what should we do here? The game, I mean... You're I not would, done. I would prefer no spoilers. I would I prefer no spoilers, not because of me, but because I, I don't think people are going to have time to beat it before they listen to this. We could do a spoiler cast in the future, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good. All right. So, spoiler-free Zelda discussion, right, Kaza? You too. No specifics. Yeah, no yeah. specifics. Uh, and I mean, there's a guy and there's a girl... Mm. He's got a and green... there's some artifacts. We can get a little bit Zelda specific, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, a little bit specific. All right, but go. Zelda, what, let's talk about it. I, I like, like it. Worlds. We all like it. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah no, I, I'm, the I game think... is amazing. Yeah, thank you, Keza. I, I really love this game. I think it's, it's one of my favorite Zeldas of all time. I think it's probably in my top three or top five Zelda games ever. Um, a lot of people are mad about the art style or not wild about the art style, but actually I got over it pretty quickly. I got into the groove and I actually think it's one of the prettier more quick moving Zelda games just actually playing it is fluid it's fast it's fun it's it's different than kind of like the last few Zelda console games that kind of felt like this slog to get through the first four or five hours and the last few uh, handheld Zelda games have felt sort of gimped compared to you know the console ones and this I think this is like this perfect it's sort of a perfect Zelda approach yeah they, uh, the thing I like the best is that it's just kind of, you know, it's so nostalgic if you've played Link to the Past, right? You get back to that world, you know where everything is, and you can already see when you start playing, you're like, oh, there's some differences. This is not yeah. the same, you know, mm. the same Link story that we had before, which is yeah, really it's, cool, It's right? a lot uglier, too. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm it's kidding. not ugly. The, the actual, I mean, the actual graphics are really, really nice. It's just the characters, when, when it zooms in on them, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but then, so you have this, this feeling of no- nostalgia, and you go into a couple of the, the first dungeons, you're like, oh my god, it's basically exactly the same as Link to the Past and then boop you turn into a painting like whoa wait a second right they totally mess with you and change things around yeah. and so that, I, I just thought that was really cool what about you Kezo what's your favorite thing about I wasn't expect I wasn't expecting it to be so so novel 
Mm-hmm. You know, I was expecting Nostalgia Bath. I was expecting, oh great, let's play Link to the Past again. Awesome, I've not played that game in like 20 years. Let's let's do it. And then it really surprised me by taking pretty much everything I expected from a modern Zelda and either just not doing it or remixing it, which I just wasn't expecting it to be so brave, you know, because it's a sequel okay. and the first sequel in the Zelda series. So what do you think is, uh, explain what you mean by novel. What are some of the novel ele- elements that you like? I really, really enjoyed the uh, the mix-ups of the dungeon sequence. You know, there's no, there's not, there's no longer that. You know that thing where you you open a chest and it's like da 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 da. It's mm-hmm. a boomerang. It's a boomerang again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've played I've played a hell of a lot of Zelda games now, and I'm just I just that moment never happened, and that was so refreshing to actually open a chest and be kind of excited about what might be in there. Yeah. yeah. And most yeah. times it was something useful or something you would sort of need on the adventure. Yeah, I, yeah. I really loved the the. The, the flow of all that because when you did get an item uh, here and there and it was kind of rare it felt a little more special because they were different mm-hmm. and you, you could get the regular items just from renting them from that yeah. shop what I really liked about the game was the, the, the ability to play the dungeons in any order I felt like they haven't really done that since the first Zelda where I remember mm-hmm. being a kid and playing the first Zelda game and just kind of walking around the world and I'm like oh crap I, I think I walked into the third level and just getting beat well, it up. tells you at the top, level three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was so like, I'm know. not ready yeah. for this yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can get pretty far on the first Zelda game. And with this game, I went into Low Rule, which happens pretty early on. And you have a bunch of different temples you can go to. And I went into Turtle Rock, which is one of the <laughs> hardest ones. And I've only, I only died a few times playing that game in its entirety. And I died almost immediately there. And yeah. I was like, man, I was not ready for that. So let me go into a different temple and man up and kind of get more health and stuff like that and come back and try it again i, I yeah. think uh, if i had to nail sort of the thing that i think is my favorite thing about this it is sort of an agreement with pair the way the 2d art and the painting idea was carried out to sort of its fullest extent yeah i feel like it also was a dramatic shift between those perspectives right the overhead view is something we know and we remember from that game but then when you turn into the painting and you go on the wall you're exploring corners you would have never seen in 16 bit yeah. right you would have never yeah. been able to go behind someone's house like Sahasrala's house and see like oh there's a mime or something back there you know mm-hmm. like a, it's, it's very interesting how much I enjoyed that and how well those puzzles were put together so it always yeah. felt like it when felt in doubt, a, a, get on the wall and see where you go some of that it was almost like Fez you know when you first turn the world in Fez yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It felt a bit like that, that kind of spatial rearrangement. It, 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 I thought it was really, really cool. But they did, and it made the world feel fresher. I actually think Zelda does a much better job at that. Because in Fez, yep. you kind of get got lost, right? Like, mm-hmm. you are you don't know how the different elements of the world connect. And, you know, whether you've played Link to the Past before or not, you can learn this world and really understand how it works and how it's connected. And I really like that. The other big thing I thought was awesome was and it reminded me of Majora's Mask right Majora's Mask you get to this point where you're like oh I got 600 rupees and then you're going back in time you're like I just lost all my 600 rupees right yeah. you have to like <laughs> adjust and work around and put your money in the bank and that kind of stuff yeah. in this one you rent items and if you die the, this nasty little bird <laughs> this little <laughs> bird yeah. comes by and takes all the items yeah. back and it, like it makes death meaningful again. oh my god yeah, yeah you're I mean you're you're sitting there going I have half a heart and it's beeping like crazy yep. and if I lose this it's so much work to like go back and get everything that's right and I really appreciated that that part of it and how it just felt 
it felt like this perfect old school Zelda while still retaining all the new things I love, but not relying on some of the stuff that has kind of been in the last few Zeldas. Like there weren't any motion controls. There was no touchscreen stuff. There was no yeah. whistling into the microphone. Yeah, it's back to basics. It, yeah, it was yeah. just like very straightforward. It used the 3DS for everything it needed to do. And I actually, the one gimmick it did sort of rely on was the 3D slider. And for mm-hmm. the first time in, I think, a year, I played this game entirely in 3D. Same here. Yeah, it's, it's masterful use of 3D. Luigi's Mansion earlier this year is the only other game I think well and Mario 3D Land yeah, were the only yeah. other games that have ever done 3D this well mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I no, think in this one though it, it really you kind of want to see the effects right they do some of that cheese ball stuff that early 3D movies uh, in, in theaters did where something is like thrown at you you know yeah. like when you when you jump on one of the, the trampoline smiley face yep. uh, Doug Trio guys it, <laughs> it catapults you into the air right and like Link gets really close to the camera as yeah. he flies up to the upper level and then it zooms out it's, yeah. it's really well done sure, like such yeah. a nice effect yeah by the way, if we go all, go all Heisenberg here, Keza, there's a giant freaking fly in this <laughs> tiny podcast room, and it's buzzing around yeah, us. Yeah, Per and I have just been watching it. I'm like, don't, yeah. don't kill me. I was hoping Why? no one noticed, because I've been watching it too, okay. this whole time. Um, but I actually... I, Excellent. Well, I'll just, all right, guys, I can carry you. <laughs> I, I absolutely love the, um, the puzzle design in this game. Mm-hmm. It's just so smart, and it's so rewarding that when you figure it out, um, this game... This thing, everything just kind of clicks, and the whole level kind of morphs around it, and yeah. everything comes together. When I got, I got legitimately stuck a couple of times. Me too. Where I'd be like, yeah. "Wait, how do I? What? Like?" And it, it surprised me because, I, I mean, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about an item like the compass because I like that the compass exists because it points you to, "Hey, here are all the treasure chests." But they, it doesn't really tell you how to get to them, but it labels them clearly on the map. Hey, there's one way over there. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you start going in your head and going, "Okay, well, math. Like, how am I going to get there?" And sort of picking that apart. Um, and I don't know. I, I do kind of wish more of the secret stuff was not labeled that way. But yeah. at the same time, I kind of like having it. I don't know. I'm kind of stuck between that. I always thought the compass should be an optional item that you buy. Yeah. Where you have to spend money to get it for a dungeon. Because it is the it's the super user, I got to find everything yeah. item, right? And um, like you get it by accident. Like you open a treasure chest and you didn't know that it was going to contain yeah. a compass. Yeah. I always thought it should be an optional thing that you elect to Or to even go ask get. you, like, hey, do you want to switch it on? Yeah. And then yeah. you can say no and, and keep moving on. I don't know. But. And the the way the map works in this game is the compass kind of shows you exactly in the room where the treasure chest is. Yeah. Now, sometimes there's a lot of wiggle room there because it's like we of don't know course. how high or low it is yeah, in, the, yeah. in the thing. But mm-hmm. the, one, um, thing? The, the, the thing, the one thing I really appreciated <laughs> get, about get this... It is that it felt to me it felt like the best portable Zelda since Link's Awakening which is one of my definitely, personal favorites definitely yeah, I agree. Um, and I actually the Link's Awakening sort of nailed the compass system pretty well because you walk in a room and it just played this like tone mm-hmm. and you knew there was something in there yeah. and it didn't show you on the map exactly where it was or anything like that so I mean if anything it could it could benefit from that but I never really felt too handholdy with the compass yeah. stuff no no I, I agree and it's different than the way they handled it in say Phantom Hourglass where there was a stone that you would strike and then it would say there are two treasure chests in this room yeah mm-hmm. and i'd be like you know what whatever like yeah. i don't know i wouldn't spend a lot of time looking for them and maybe you know i'm kind of contradicting myself here but i do <laughs> feel like the compass does label things in a way that i almost didn't want but at the same time i appreciate because mm-hmm. then it got me thinking how do i get it gives you, it lets you know there's a mystery there doesn't it it lets yeah. you know there's something you can find exactly yeah, yeah. and then it's you kind of piecing it together um what was it? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just wondering what you guys thought of combat because, you know, the one thing I really didn't like about the previous touchscreen Zeldas was the point Swipe and click. Yes. I, no, yeah. I, I thought it broke 
the combat. It made it unexciting to me. I loved all the puzzles that they did with the touchscreen. I yeah. actually thought it, the, yeah. the games were successful. It made the spin attack easier, but that's all. But, but I always yearned back to the kind of just hitting a button. And I feel mm. the same way about the, the Wii versions, yeah. right? I, I, th- I like button to hit someone. Interesting, though, because they both made the spin attack easier, even though they made combat a little less mm-hmm. exciting. I mean, uh, I thought I thought combat was awesome in this game. This won't spoil anything, but um, you find out very early on there's these things called Mayamais in this game, and they're, they're sort of like the secret seashells from Link's Awakening. There's a hundred of them hidden all over the world map, and some of them are easy to find, some of them are hard, and they make a little noise when uh, you need yeah, to find them. Yeah, they sort of chirp they when chirp. you walk by. So when you find them, every ten you bring, uh, the item rental shop eventually lets you buy things. And you own them, and you can bring these items to this my my mother, mother my, my, yeah. and she sort of upgrades them for you. And some of the item upgrades are awesome for yep, combat. Yep. And I won't spoil anything, but I mean they're really really fun little toys to yep. just kind of run around. And I found myself grinding for the first time yeah. in Zelda yeah. history, where yeah. I was kind of going into the dark world and fighting hard enemies to get more low rubies. Rule. Low yeah, rule, correct mm-hmm. yourself. All right, <laughs> <laughs> and getting lots, <laughs> getting lots of uh, rupees and kind of like upgrading all my stuff. And Terminology, kind of like, Brian. I know what is this? You got like Jose. A, a the cop over here. Sorry. Slow yeah, rule. Pull, pull over. Pull over. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, step out of the vehicle. You were going dark world in the low rule. Pull over. <laughs> yeah. Well, I bring that up for a really specific reason, but I can't get into it on this podcast. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, um, no, to your point, I, I agree. And I, I like that it gave finding the secret um, the secret side quest sort of utility, right? Before, yeah. they've just given you heart pieces and there was, you know, sort of a, sort of a reward out of it, but... Those upgrades are a tangible reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are great. Also, is it just me, or does this have the, some of the best mini games ever in Zelda? Oh, my God. Yeah, they're really fun. Yeah, some people don't like the baseball one that much. I'm I just, the baseball okay. one's amazing. What's wrong with the baseball one? Oh, I, I'm bad at it. That's what's wrong with it. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with the game. I'm just terrible at it. I'm very good at it, but it did take me a while uh, to figure out its nuance. But I liked that it had some kind of nuance, and the timing and when you swing was important. And also, when that bird shows up, someone told me you had to hit five pots in a row, and the bird will show up. I didn't know that at first. Mm-hmm. Um Slight spoiler. I don't know. That's if that's a spoiler, then I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good point. Yeah. Good point. All right. Um. When I collected the spoiler, blue rupee. Yeah. By the way, music. Freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All of the sound in that game was so good. And it was a lot of it felt to me like it was exactly the same as the SNES Zelda sounds but then I went and listened to the SNES Zelda sounds and it's 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 not the same at all it just feels the same it's yeah. how it used to sound in your head yeah. Yeah. yeah they do these things when you beat like one boss you get the yeah and stuff yeah. like that you remember but it's actually newly recorded and sounds awesome yeah. and like yeah. I, w- I want to go back to combat really quick though because I found like the spin attack was a lot less useful in this sorry to drag us back a little because I do want to talk about music I don't think I ever used um, it yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I, I don't think I, I did. Um, and also, like when elevation changed, combat would get a little weird. So, yeah. like uh, if on an stairs. enemy was yeah on stairs, or if he was on a slight hill, like yeah. the hill by your house, oh, you yeah. can never hit that guy. Right? You have to wait until he climbs down, or you're going to get hit by yeah. him. Um, so that was a little weird. It's a 2D game, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, they have tiers rather like you know rather than actual elevation. So. Sure, sure. But going back to the music, the music I feel the one thing that stands out outside of it uh, being incredibly, you know, good music was I love their timing for that music. When they would pull out a certain tune or a certain song, mm-hmm. you almost oh, wouldn't yeah. feel it coming and you would get goosebumps from yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, "Oh You're- my god, this is so perfectly like masterfully timed where if you got it wrong you'd know right away but they absolutely nailed that yeah like you you go into the Hyrule did you guys spend a lot of money time. in the milk bar yeah, yeah. I didn't tell me a little bit more about that in the milk bar there are these um, minstrels as it were who can who can sing for you that's right and uh, they they do these beautiful versions of 
songs from pretty much every Zelda game. So they do like a Zelda cover band in a Zelda game? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you sit there and, uh, you know, you pay your money and you just listen to them play. Um, I think they did The Lost Woods for me once and I was like, this is the best thing ever. So <laughs> it was cool. amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. It's, and it's so, I, I think the whole game is... Is it's 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 got a lot of respect for Zelda fans, and it's it's basically an homage to Zelda fans as well as to Zelda. Yeah, yeah. I see. I felt that too, and like Jose and I de- have debated about this a lot, a lot. Of, uh, about how if it's if it goes too far with that, or like he kind of feels that like the link to the past roots drag it down. I never really felt like it chained it down too much. I felt like it was a nice sort of nah, like, me neither. Like a kind of a base to build on top of. See, I want to get into my point about that, but I feel like it is wandering too close to spoiler territory. Okay, sure. Territories, so I want well, kind of want to hold it back. But you, d- you did have that cast. good that that good sort of phrase describing it for a while, which you said it was like the Mona Lisa two, yeah, right? Yeah, which is yeah. like why make a sequel to like this perfect painting? Yeah, and which pair thinks pair pair thinks is too precious, like that kind of like. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't think you can compare the two. I mean, let's be honest. Link to the Past wasn't a perfect game. I went back and played it before I played yeah. this, and yeah. I think this is the better game. Honestly, I think this is the better game. It's cleverer. It's um, it's got the same. It's got a lot of the things that made Link to the Past great, but I think it's just overall a cleverer game. Obviously, in the context of its time, Link to the Past was yeah, stunningly I mean, innovative. Was... But now, yeah, the reason why I'm okay with even a Link to the Past too is when I finished Link to the Past, I said that was amazing. How come? First of all, that ending is still awesome. Yeah. Um, why are there not more games like that? When I look at the Mona Lisa, I don't go. Oh man, I can't wait to see another Mona Lisa. It's <laughs> like I want another well, picture of this. I lady. mean, art, art, of course, yeah. is you know subjective, and everyone has a different opinion about it. But the reason I used Mona Lisa as the example is because it's considered a very important work out of the Renaissance yep. period, and I feel like A Link to the Past has that parallel. Where is a very important game out of the 16-bit uh, era? Yeah, it, it totally is. I mean, there there was a lot of. Um, sort of character and person even though it wasn't done to the standards of today there were things like the middle-aged man things like uh there were certain characters that you would just never forget the old man you ran into in the cave the first time link turned into a bunny mm-hmm. and what worried me i don't want to drag this point any further ah i don't want to say it it's it's just it's coming too close to going right. too far uh something else please next okay. time yeah. well next time you yeah. felt you, you did feel the world jose i remember we were talking about this we you did. didn't feel like yeah. the world had the personality of the old hyrule we don't need to say why, because yeah. obviously that's slightly spoilery, but I think you felt like it was a little bit more static. And I kind of see what you mean, because it's so perfectly designed. The dungeons mm-hmm. as well, but particularly the overall, it's so perfectly designed that it almost feels lifeless sometimes. Yeah. Because also, it's so... I'm sorry, but that's also because you know it, right? I mean, Oh, totally, yeah. It's, it's all on me rather than on the game itself. It's because I've, I've, I now know the language of Zelda, right? Yeah. yeah. But why yeah. not set it somewhere else and have it that open? Why did it have to have that nostalgia? That's the thing that I mean, I like if, if the if the if the Lost Woods were on the right and the desert was in the north, like would it would it change the entire thing drastically for you? I don't think it did. Like this is a game that ditches maps. Period. Like when you see the overworld for the first time, you see the whole thing. When you sure. see Low Rule the whole time, there's no clouds over it. You walk into a dungeon, mm-hmm. you see the entire floor plan. There's no like. And I hope yeah. that's the approach for future Zeldas. I feel mm-hmm. like you know the idea of gating and hiding things uh, works in some contexts, but. I think Zelda needs to kind of shake that away and get rid of it. It, yeah. it also needs to stop worrying so much about you getting stuck. The best thing for me about Link, about, um, Link Between Worlds was that you walk into a room and there's no one going, hey, hey, do you know what to do in this room? I can <laughs> yeah. tell you if you want to know what to do in this room. It's like, go away. I want to figure it out. God yeah. damn it. I want to figure it out. No, aren't, and if anything, aren't his eyes to... funny? Like, what if you put a sword in them? Yeah. I mean, just throwing <laughs> it out there. Well, I and, hate that and stuff. And the, the hint system was way... I, I feel like 
first of all, they lean a lot more on iconography to teach you things early on. They don't really tell you, hey, you need this item. They have a picture outside of a dungeon saying, hey, this is what you should bring here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, they, and that's how they begin. But then they completely step away from that and start doing uh, more novel approaches to how you can figure these yeah. things out. But more importantly, then the hints become, okay, you get a special item that will allow you to see a ghost who you could then give him a play coin and be like, hey, dog. I don't know how to get through this. And he'll yep. be like, consulting my book. Hang on a second. Mm-hmm. And then he tells you, mm-hmm. you should do this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a much better approach because at the end of the day, I'm the person who has to go look for that versus you constantly trying to tell me like what Kesa just Entirely, yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah, when I see did, the, did anyone Did anyone use the hint ghost? Did anyone find him helpful? Never. I didn't even find him until the end of the game. So I think, oh, I, th- I found him right away. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to use the hint ghost. And yeah. then I ignored him. I used him once just to try it out. I forget what it was for. It was probably not even for a puzzle I needed it on, just to mm-hmm. see like what he did. I like to explore everything in his other games. But what I liked about the, the hint ghost is that when you pull out that item, it's this sort of like that classic... Uh, fake mustache and nose disguise glasses that that Link puts on. Uh-huh. And when you turn into a 2D painting in that game, which is one of my favorite new mechanics, you know, we talked about it earlier, um, he's still wearing that. <laughs> Yeah. So it's really that's goofy. amazing. That's yeah. such attention to detail. Yeah, yeah. you see, you see, see him like running around this wall with this funny nose on and a mustache. You're like, what the hell are they doing in this game? Like, and I they... love that the music gets a little like lower, like everything dims. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a it's a subtle little effect, but it's really well done. It's like this weird in between worlds feeling when mm-hmm. you're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it is. It it and I completely agree with the criticism of it being like one of the best Zelda since. Uh, since Wind Waker. I mean, hands down, I, I think that's that's pretty damn accurate. I mean, people yep. write off Spirit Tracks because Spirit Track had great dungeons, but it didn't have a really interesting world. But I still think Spirit Tracks was decent. I wouldn't put it in the top, but I would say of everything that's come out since Wind Waker, that was one that stood out to me as something a little different. Yeah, I, I, and I think in the end, this this link between worlds is going to be special. I think yes. future Zelda games will will definitely take some stuff from this one, just like this one took took some things from the original game or Majora's Mask. Like you know, I can see the out of order dungeon exploring returning in future games. But yep. I think this game is special because Nintendo set out to do a remake in the beginning. Right? It's like hey. Everybody loves Link to the Past. Let's redo it, make it pretty in 3D. Mm. And then as they were developing it, they said, what if we take it one step farther? And, and these are the things that we as, you know, as consumers and as critics always ask. Like, oh, yeah, Ocarina of Time was awesome in the 3DS remake, but I wish they had added a dungeon. Or Wind Waker, I wish yep. they had added back that dungeon that never really completely existed, blah, 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 right? With this one, that's what they did, man. They gave you Link to the Past, and then they add all this stuff to it, and it becomes a completely different experience. I, yeah. I just really yeah. appreciate if, if he, that. Do you think that at one point they were considering just making a 3D remake of Link to the Past? 100%. Yeah, completely. 100%. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. So because uh, they obviously figured out how to make that. I mean, they obviously figured out how to make that Hyrule. Have you ever seen a, a picture? By the way, of how they make it look not weird in the top-down perspective. Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Everyone's like slanting backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It's really weird. It looks like a, a Michael Jackson dance move, right? Yeah. Like Link <laughs> is all like hanging backwards. Yep, yep. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, and it's funny too because whenever now when I play the game, I'm kind of in my head 
because I know what it looks like. Like actually, they're cheating the perspective. I wonder when he's running sideways, what does that look like? Yeah, when he's running, you know, in a different direction, what does I, that look like? I think it, I mean it is really brilliant. If if you think about it, they they probably they built a 3D world and then quickly realized that wait, what we did in the 16-bit days was just not possible. You yeah. can't see the front of a character and yet it is this top-down perspective, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the way they solved it is brilliant. I mean, in the past you had issues like that when when racing games went 3D, right? Mm-hmm. The camera was put behind the 3D and you know the developers noticed that wait we built our games to have the sound tied to location so if I put uh, you know the camera behind the car the engine noise sounds really crappy or if mm-hmm. I put the, really if I put the camera in front of the car you know the bumper cam suddenly all my audio comes from the back speakers of your surround setup and yeah. it sounds really crappy right and so they had yeah. to trick the system to mm-hmm. kind of locate the sound elsewhere so it's it's similar to that it's, I think it's, it's awesome. sort of like um, like when you really get into like the nuts and bolts of like a first person shooter and you pull back the camera and it's just like an, a set of eyeballs and a floating hand with a gun and something something like that like yeah. it, it breaks it for you a little bit but you're like this is how they had to do this you know, mm-hmm. it's no, an interesting no. cheat. Yeah. Oh no, totally. And it's weird because uh, after finishing this game, um, because I, I really like that out of order approach. Um, this is slightly off topic, but I just want to see where this goes. I went back to the original Zelda. Yeah. And this is someone who hasn't played it since he was probably ten. That's okay. Oh, that's crazy. Six yeah, years. Wow. It's been wow. <laughs> thanks. It's been a really long time, contrary mm-hmm. to what Pear just said. Yeah. And I, that world, I find that world really intimidating now because I know where nothing is. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like, oh, God, what do I do? Like, there are so many secrets here. Mm-hmm. And I know that some folk have made the argument, <clears throat> and myself included a bit, you know, to, to bring Zelda back to that level of, of, of being that obscure and not really ever telling you where things are. You, know, like, you would never <laughs> go to burn a bush like where they want you to burn a bush sometimes. Sorry, it was but, basically yeah. Dark Souls at that point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, it's just weird to me because I... I think I wanted that, and then I went back to play, and I was like, I don't know if I would want that because this this would be a great like sort of like Dark Souls where everyone sort of is contributing and building up the knowledge base around it. But as a single player game, it's kind of tough that way. You know what though? The those games would be so different in the age of the internet, right? Like mm-hmm. think about how Minecraft started. Oh yeah, completely. You didn't know what you were crafting nope. when yeah. the original version. You had to know what to combine. So all these communities sprang up, and the internet became the companion to the game, right? That's right. When they released the console versions, like crafting was made easy. You just select from a list, basically. Right? Yeah, and so. I, I think it'd be actually interesting to create a game that is just so hard and obscure that part of the experience is the web and yeah. talking to people. That is Dark Souls. Yeah, I guess. Souls. Yeah. Do, uh, Pear, do you, you, like Dark you can't Souls get through that game without that. I'm not a huge Dark Souls fan. I like, I like things of it, uh, mm-hmm. about it, but I just I get angry when things are cheap. Like when, when I'm like, I, you know, I shouldn't be taking damage when I'm taking damage. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, right. But I enjoy that. I enjoy that genre. I'm like, I love grinding for some odd reason yeah. in games. See, I actually, I mean, I don't miss being 10 and some kid is like, you can get a gun in Zelda. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? And I go home for like a week and I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't miss that. Yeah. I remember the, the rumor in my school was that you could jump straight over the actual flagpole in Mario. Yeah. I spent oh, probably 25 hours of my yeah. life trying to do that. Everyone, yeah, that's, that's a huge lie. That yeah. still happens. My kids come home and tell me all sorts of things. I'm like, that is not correct. Like, I, I, <laughs> that is not remotely true. No. Like, we have a whole cheats team at my job. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> Prove that wrong. They just make that up. But, you know, somebody when somebody said the uh, R-Wing was in was in Zelda, I said, no, that's not correct. Yeah. And then turns out the code is on the cartridge. You yeah, know? and I like, think you can yeah. jump over the flagpole in a certain level, can't you? 
think yeah, there's one. No, don't you perpetrate these lies. <laughs> no, in Super, Mar- Super Mario World. In no, in Super Mario World, there's a second gate oh, yeah. after it. That's yep. right. That's For right. sure. Zelda far enough that maybe we should switch over to Mario since Zelda and Mario are out today. I, I kind of am, uh, it's unfortunate we uh, all haven't played Mar- Mario Party because I'm sure some people out there would want impressions about that, but these two games kind of take over. I sure, think. you can. And Mario's also very good. What's yeah. going on here? I mean, it's kind of funny. Remember the interview you did with Reggie where mm-hmm. he said, I've seen the competitors' lineups and I may I say meh? Well, you know, I wouldn't say meh because playing Assassin's Creed 4 on PlayStation 4 or Xbox One is pretty awesome. It's yeah. not meh, right? Like the, those ex- and Need for Speed and all that. And some of those games are on the Wii U as well, ironically, right? Some of the best experiences on the next-gen platforms are, are actually on the Wii U. Not quite as good. But I think, I think Nintendo- the, audacity, the audacity of Nintendo's timing today yeah. on the Friday is, is really stunning to me. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know if that is good or bad for them. But I got to say, they have the two best games. They have oh, yeah. the two best games. Yeah, like, they know they do. You know they do. I've I've played them both. I bought a PS4 last week. I'm buying an Xbox One on Friday. Yeah. And Zelda and Mario. Zelda just. I mean that stole me for an entire weekend. I could not put my 3DS down. And I'm playing Mario now. Every single night I go home and me and my fiance I play it for like two or three hours, and it's so much fun. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, yeah, and I think he. I was thinking a lot about that recently. Like when he said "meh," and he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm entitled to say that, and I feel like. Well, their timing, though, with these games, like what Keza said, it, it is really interesting because they're both really well-made games. Like, they're mm-hmm. fantastic. I, you know, I kind of hope it will, especially Mario, will help move the needle a little for, for Wii U because right now, you know, we, don't, we just don't know. Like, going into this holiday, are, are consumers all going to run out and buy next-gen or are they going to, you know, buy into Nintendo? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, but Mario is so good. I spent last night, um, probably most of last night, maybe two or three hours playing uh, the Japanese version of the game because it came mm-hmm. out over there. And uh, Why? Uh, because, Different I don't know, cats? I don't whim- no. is, there, is there a little cafe you go into and like, you can <laughs> pet cats? Yeah, the cat cafe. No, um, I... Okay. I, I own a Japanese we Wii U. We started all the and, cafes, guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I own a Japanese Wii U, and I was just like, oh, this came out over there early. I might as well, I, I, you know, I was going to buy this in English, but I wouldn't mind playing a Mario game in another language. I wonder what that's even like. So I just did it. And uh, Miiverse is activated, so now I got to see what Miiverse is like. Uh-huh. And uh, it's actually a little, there's a little more to it than you think. Um, first of all, it doesn't activate until World 2, I believe. And then... The characters that can come into your game, who will, uh, the ghost characters of mm-hmm. other players, for example, 
they only come in on your second playthrough. Your first playthrough, you see no that's one. That's right, yeah. And I think that's really yep. smart. I think that's actually fantastic because you'll, you don't want someone spoiling where these things are. No, when you return to the level, you, you may want to see So, Jose, this actually happened stuff. to us the other night. Me and uh, my fiance were playing Mario, mm-hmm. and we died on the level, and we came back, and a little Jose me ghost showed up, and you started running through the level, and she was like, who the hell is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, get him out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Can you turn it off? Is it? Yeah. Is so you, it go, you just go into the settings and you, you, you say no ghosts. Because yeah. otherwise, I got like Jose upstaging me and I'm trying yeah. to teach her how to play. Even a game. when I'm not around. But no, I had, okay. I, had, right. I had Kit from Nintendo pop up in mine and like run through the level. And, you know, at the, at the, you had to use like the cannon hat thing mm-hmm. to bust open a wall. And I, I had somehow failed at doing that. And he, yeah. of course, did it. Yeah. It doesn't show you what he did, it doesn't show like. Oh, he had to wear the cannon hat to blast open the door. He just kind of runs through the door. You oh, know? really? Yeah. yeah. And yeah they so, don't show you what they're wearing or what yeah. they did. So it's really weird Wait to a see minute. me so, running around on all fours when they're a cat mm-hmm. without a cat suit. They're oh, just running that, around that way. That You're like, so what weird. is going on? Yeah. That's bizarre. Sometimes me's bring you presents too. Yep. It could be yeah. coins or it's, it could be It's very surreal. It's, I think it, with the Miis in there, it becomes a very surreal, well, an even more surreal game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's great, though. I mean, Nintendo has now done a couple of games where the interaction, the social interaction is very different from what we've seen, right? Wind Waker was the other one. The concept of the bottles is pretty brilliant. You know, yeah. I wish it was a little broader and, and you know, it wasn't as as common and repetitive. I mean, I got the same freaking picture and message like a hundred times, right? And mm-hmm. I actually have, I have maxed, I'm maxed out on friends, so I was surprised that I didn't see more. Yeah. Um, but this is really cool. I mean, the concepts are awesome and I think if they build on these, they got something really, really special. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, also, the uh, me versus posting, I think, is a lot more fun now that I can just use stamps. Like, I can draw, but I don't like spending a lot of time drawing on a slippery surface. Mm-hmm. I, I've mm-hmm. just never found that fun or easy. And I, my jaw kind of drops when I see what people can do on me versus oh, yeah. with, with, you know, a stylus. And a, it is a stunning. The Monster Hunter screen. community has some incredible portraits of, like, giant dragons made in black and white exactly. on that little screen. It's incredible. Yeah, so now so cool. I could just cheat and put a stamp. And so I was making little versus like, tiles last mm-hmm. night where I was like, Cat Peach versus, and it was like an angry <laughs> Sprixie queen or uh, process awesome. or something. Think about how unique that is, though. Like, you cannot add that feature to PlayStation or no Xbox. No. Like, it's just not, you know, you need, the, obviously, the touchscreen for this. It's just built in. But such a cool idea to let people share images like that and let them tie in some games, tie them to locations. And I think that's brilliant. brilliant. I think it's kind of not, not enough people talk about it. Sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's great. Um, yeah, and outside of that, uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm playing single player again, which uh, is still fun, but I really enjoy that game in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it, it's kind of at its best. Although, Brian, you have a bunch of experience now with that, with someone who doesn't play Mario as much. I know, Keza, you were in that boat as well. Or it was like when when it yeah. is evenly skilled, it kind of falls apart a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, I mean, I I really envy Brian being able to play with his fiance because I tried to play that game with my partner who basically thinks that Jack and Daxter is better than 3D Mario. Okay. And it was just it was just painful. I was trying really hard to to get him into it, and he just couldn't. He, he was sucked at it. He just couldn't. He couldn't keep up, and that just made him so angry. We had to stop. So wow. it was really bad. Kesa, before you get envious, uh, I did not mention that my fiance's pretty terrible at it <laughs> like but she, at least she's willing to learn right she's willing to learn but like what <laughs> uh, what we did was in world one two like very early on there's a couple spots in the game where you can kind of get infinite lives so very uh, very early we got like a hundred lives so we don't see the game over screen or anything like that but there's times where she just like straight up runs and jumps off a cliff <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah. I'm like what are yeah. you doing that's not even part of like i need yeah. you over here on my side and Lemmings. yeah I, my favorite part about multiplayer in this game is like kind of this 
no matter who you play with, there's a lot of yelling and there's a lot of yeah. screaming and fighting and then there's high-fiving and then it kind of, uh, at the end of every stage, it says who's doing the best. And when Jose and I played um, with Greg and Brian Albert, like, we were, I was crying laughing. Like, we, I, was, I was in tears yeah. having so much fun. And I can't remember the last time, you know, I did that on Xbox or PS4 or PS3 where I'm just laughing so hard that I'm in tears. The game really changes depending on whom you play with, yeah. right? I brought this up it before. Does, like yeah. When my daughter and I play, we actually work together really well. Uh, and she's two years older than her, her brother. Um, when I play with with my son, I want to murder him. You know, like he, he cannot handle it if when I have the crown, like yeah. that, he cannot go through the level without trying everything to get that thing. Yeah, that's weird to see, right? Because yeah. when I, I was playing with these I guys, did the same thing. And they did the same thing. I'm like, I'm focusing on the goal. I'm trying to get to like <laughs> the better good of the community here, right? Like, yeah. I want to get the green stars. I want to get the stamps. I want to collect everything. I want to get the top of the flagpole. I want to get out and go to yeah. the next thing. Let's fight this boss together. The whole time, I'm like watching my right and left side because Jose's coming in like a thief and he's trying to beat me up, steal my crown. I'm like, okay, fine, so take it. Take the crown. Wait, I don't even need it. Yeah. I don't so even wait, need it. Wait, wait, wait. It doesn't even mean anything. It means nothing. It you means need nothing. Take it, fine. But that's the best thing about it—that it means nothing, but everyone wants it. Exactly. Um, no, but, everyone oh, being you, though. No, <laughs> not true. No. That whole game, everyone was. So the target was normally on my back. Mm-hmm. Someone here left that part out because I would usually be the high scorer, and then sorry, Brian. no, because you always stole the crown. <laughs> yeah, no, because yes, I that's how up, the target's on your back when you steal the crown from everybody. That's how you have. I it would all the start time. the level with plenty with the crown pretty damn often because you and stole get it. ambushed. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you were Okay, so beating Brian at a level <laughs> means I stole the crown. It's true. The, it's true. awesome because you, you can already see, like, these these little insult memes will, will create themselves yeah, as people yeah. play, right? Like, like, in the final boss battle, just, you know, after you hit the, like, before you do the final blow to the enemy, just quickly take the crown. Yeah. That kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, where, where people just screw each other over just because. There's no reason. No, just yeah. because you can. Yeah, it's going to happen I mean, Greg, Greg was picking me up and throwing me in the pits. No reason yeah. to do that. Yeah. You don't get anything for that. It's, it's actually worse to do that. By the way, the bubble mechanic has changed fundamentally. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, it used to be that the bubble almost became part of the game where you, you could jump into a pit and hit the bubble and go back up. In this game, it's different. Yeah, yeah. this is what you I used to say. You can't bubble when you fall. I used to say this to my fiance. I'd be like, honey, take one for the team. And she would jump off a cliff, yeah. grab a coin, and right before she died, she'd bubble up to keep it alive. And she tried doing that last night. It didn't work. Just kept yeah. dying. Yeah. So they changed that. It's yeah. now actually... <clears throat> Yeah, it, it is more a I'm left behind uh, feature or like I'm at the bottom, need to get to the top, right? Yeah. No longer yeah. a I'm about to die, ah, you know, yeah. like yep. quick kind of bail Yeah, the, the, a very cool thing. Uh, so I, I noticed some feedback. Some people have been kind of worried because with all the things that have been shown, either in the 10 new things about Mario uh, in the Nintendo Direct or the multiple commentaries that have been showing up on the internet or just level walkthroughs, etc. about Mario, People feel like, ah, oh, am I seeing everything? It's like, no, actually, you're not. <laughs> when you, when you, so we, uh, in the office, we've been trying to tackle a lot of the post-world content. Once you yep. finish the game, the levels that then open up after, and the worlds, I'm plural here, there are multiple worlds that open afterwards. Um, and some of them are just absolutely brilliant. I showed Brian one yesterday, and I had this moment, too, where I kind of dropped the mic. Because everyone there was judging me and saying, oh, you're doing it wrong. You have, like, one second left. You're never going to get to the flag. And then... I just dropped down, grabbed the flag at 100 with zero, 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 uh-huh. and I just dropped the mic and was like, bitches. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great just walking around in the office. You know, I saw Sam playing a level I'd never seen before, mm-hmm. and you know he's working working I think on the wiki with yeah. the other guys. And you can tell from how you know, often he's cursing. And he's and by the way, you know, wiki editors, you guys, we have guys in house here who are working on strategy guides, cheats, all that kind of stuff, right? We've got a couple people. Of course, the community helps in a big way, but we also have folks um, who who create that content in house. And what inevitably happens with wiki editors, it's like they. It, it's like they're they're being held captive by these games and they mm-hmm. start hating them. Like you hear this yeah, all the yeah. time where somebody will yell like, I effing hate Killzone, right? When you're the like, guy who sits right next or, to them like I am, it's kind of yeah. startling. Or the guy will go like, Knack is the worst game ever created, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, obviously it isn't. Yeah. But like when you're, when you're, when you need to explore every nook and cranny of these games, you start to really not like them. Oh, it like makes them. it joyless. But yeah. you know what? It's, it really does. I remember when, when I first started writing about video games, I had to do guides yep. for a magazine that I was writing on at the time. And even Wind Waker, I started to hate oh, yeah. at the end of that. Yeah, because you have even to my explore... favorite game of all time, I hated. Yeah, <laughs> you, you have to explore everything and 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 document everything. But the guys working on the Mario Wiki are loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not, you know, they they're far into the game. They've created, you know, lots of walkthroughs and videos, and they're loving it. They keep yeah. on playing. So I think that's a great sign. It's just yeah. a really well balanced game, and it's just so much fun. You can't be mad at it, even when you fail. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how far the Mario and the Zelda games have come this year from like their first reveals where people were kind of lukewarm on it and they're like, oh, it's a remake of Link to the Past and the art's ugly and Mario 3D World where people are like, ah, oh, why didn't we get Galaxy 3? It just looks like a remake of 3D Land to getting them now and playing them. I mean, it's night and day from the re- initial reactions. For sure. They are such fantastic really games. So I will say one they're thing. They're freaking though. joyous. Yeah. So, you know, I think... In the canon of Mario games, the 2D, 2D games are the most accurate, right? When yeah. you can exactly aim your jump at a platform or land on an enemy's head, and when you fail, it is just your fault. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 3D games, and I think this is actually worse in this one than in Galaxy, it is sometimes hard to, dis- uh, to judge distance. And so, th- yeah, the-, the depth perception is very strange on it. I mean, I got used to it, but certainly my first impression of the game is that I didn't quite know where I was on the plane because it's such a hybrid of 2D and 3D. Yeah. So the action of jumping on a Goomba's head is not as fun, accurate, you know, as, as it has been in this one, I feel. Right. But they added these, you know, they added the cat attacks and all yeah. that kind of stuff to kind of get around that. Yeah. So, you know, they compensated for it. But, you well, know, that... Same thing in Galaxy. They added the the spin move that Mario does that he can, like, bash things yeah. for probably that same reason. Yeah, yeah and, like... Not and, to mm. pull away from your point. You no, know, and, and the, the water pack was the same way, right? It was difficult to judge distance when navigating platforms. And so sure. they gave you this thing that would save you from falling, right? You got this little hover ability until they took it away and made it really hard, yeah. um, which was rewarding in that game, but still showed you, oh, I see, that's why they use the yeah. water pack. The music right? in those levels, by the way, where they take the pack away was always fantastic. It was yeah. like a... Yeah, and it was yeah. like a doo-wop, like... Yeah, yeah know, it's, it, it's quad, interesting. Uh, they, they did throw in that sort of, like, stun move in a couple of the games because, I mean, when I play the original Mario Brothers, it's about running left to right, jumping on Goombas, and jumping in war pipes. And mm-hmm. now it takes me two jumps to get in the war pipe sometimes and yeah. when i jump towards a goomba i don't know if i'm gonna hit his 
whatever his ass that goes around his whole body on the side. Kind of a big <laughs> <laughs> radius. And his middle-aged spread. Yeah. <laughs> and get hurt or I'm going to land on top of him and nice kill him. Cousin. Like, yeah, you never, you never, you never totally know. I mean, you get better at it over time, yeah. but it, it takes a, it takes a minute. And I think when you take away the 3D that was in 3D land, mm-hmm. which kind of helped a little bit here, um, I don't have a 3D television, so that's not really an option. And Nintendo didn't program that into this. Yeah. Um, it takes a little more finessing and you do get used to it, but for some people might never. Yeah. yeah, to me I, uh, that's the, I, that really kind of, is the only negative. Yeah, of the game. yeah. I, I kind of missed the 3D slider when I was playing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean it's an awesome, it's an awesome game. I think it's amazing, but I did kind of miss the 3D slider. There's some awesome secrets too. So uh, we found a secret exit uh, that we put on IGN. I found some areas where I think there are other ones, but I, I'm kind of OCD in that in each level I play, I'm trying to gather the stars and the stamp and then just get out. And sometimes I'll see something go, oh, I should go back in. I'm like, nah, I want to keep going. But last night I found uh, a secret level that, uh, you know, you can get... I don't want to spoil too much of it, but basically I found a secret level and then accidentally died during the secret level, and the mm-hmm. secret level vanished. It left. Like, it was gone. From the platform that I found it on, and you had to travel through, like, multiple warp pipes to get to it. Uh-huh. I was like, wow, that's Whoa. really cool, but at the same time, I felt cheated. I was like, damn it. Wait, I, where did it go? Will I ever see it? I don't know. But it left, and I was like, that is pretty amazing. What? Yeah, I love little secrets that like that. That is hardcore. Yeah, okay. so Mario 3 did things like where if you got enough coins in one level, you unlocked an airship or something else. It would appear just kind of momentarily. Um, so that's weird. I haven't really seen anything like that. Yeah, I'll back. show you later at my desk if you want to see where it is. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, just don't want to say too much for sake of spoilers if that's considered one. But again, um, I love that, that idea because for a while, I felt like the overworlds, um, I just... I don't know. I was having a hard time understanding why they were there because the progression is still very linear for the most part, right? You don't unlock the the next worlds unless you beat the one before it. And so it just kind of felt like, okay, I love that I have all this space to roam around in, but what am I going to do in that space if realistically the way I'm going to proceed is by mm-hmm. be- finishing these levels? But now I'm finding little things like that and going, hmm, yep. I wonder, you know? Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Hey, I actually have a question for Keza on Mario. You know, it seems like when you guys did commentaries on, on Mario and playing it together in the UK office, mm-hmm. in the London office, I felt like you were the ringleader and you kind of dragged everybody into this game. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, it seemed <laughs> I really to me did, like, yeah. uh, it seemed to me like uh, these, are, these are players that probably wouldn't have played Mario. Were you able to convert them or were they, were they still walking away going like, this is bull? It was it was it was a great conversion for two out of the three people that I dragged in. Nice. Um, da- Daniel, um, our other games editor here in the UK, uh, he loves Mario. But Tom and I mean Luke had basically never played a 3D Mario. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because all the commenters are like, "Who's that guy that's always whining and doesn't know what a pipe is?" <laughs> but I thought it was it actually made it more fun having somebody who didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Because you'd be, he'd be like, "What's with this mushroom? Why am I giant? What are these items?" And you'd be like, "Well, this is the leaf that turns you into a raccoon, obviously." And uh, it actually kind of made Mario feel really, really fresh again, and it, it, it encourages me as well because I'm going to try and get some of my friends to play this with me. Like I'm the only big Mario fan that I know, mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to getting some people who maybe aren't Mario fans into this game because I think it has it has the power to convert definitely. Yeah, I've seen this happen before too. You know, where everybody has their likes and dislikes, and you know, a lot of gamers like first-person shooters or like you know more gritty kind of role-playing games and all that. You know, and this it's just a big difference when you get a game with like this kind of presentation. And you know, for some people, 
they think it's not for them. And then they start playing and they're like, oh, God, it's good. You know, so. Mm-hmm. so I have a question for this group. Um, do you guys miss single player Mario? So this morning, um, Wired's Chris Kohler, a friend of the show, uh, wrote a piece about how, you know, Super Mario 3D World is great and all, but I really miss single player Mario. I really miss, you know, something like Galaxy, which is, you know, considered one I of do. the best games of last generation. Um, mm, I really miss single player Mario. I miss Super Mario World style explorative single player Mario. Okay. Give me a little more behind that. Like, why? What What specifically about it isn't sort of being maintained today? Well, it was... I mean, the thing is, when I was... Uh, Super Mario was the first game I ever played. Uh, and then Super Mario 64 was the second game I ever loved. Like, really loved. And it's because it had me in a world, you know? And as much as I enjoy um, all the subsequent Mario games, but especially the, the multiplayer ones, they don't make me feel like I'm in a world. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a level, which is awesome, and I'm, I'm playing with my friends, and that is its own flavor of greatness. But I've, I've not played a Mario game since Galaxy the first that made me feel like I was somewhere else, like the way that Zelda does, or the way that you know any good, um, well, any good adventure game does. And I think that Mario 64 had that nailed. It was half adventure game and half really technical platformer. Yeah, it's and it's interesting. Sunshine actually came the closest to doing that again where you had this kind of centralized Mm -hmm. hub world and you would go into different levels that were hidden throughout it but yeah they kind of lost that and you know galaxy had that kind of big mario shaped planet that you that you jumped off of into other other places but they kind of lost that in terms of like here's this open world mario game right where there's this one big castle Yeah, here's a castle yeah and, you know, yeah. you can go anywhere you want here and there's little levels and little nooks and crannies and there's secrets in the overworld and there's secrets hidden in every level. And there's levels you don't ever have to play or see to finish it. Like, I mean, you can beat Mario 64 with, what, like 40 stars or something mm. like that? Yeah. Um, my number's probably off there and I'm going to get hell in the comments for that and I'm sorry. I played that game of, <laughs> like a million hours and I forget. Um, but, it's been a long time. Yeah, but not since then can you have there has there really been a game like that where it's like, you know, there's entire levels and p- parts of the world that you could skip. Yeah. Um if you just got the right castle keys in a row and you could fight Bowser a few levels in and then the game was over, but there was the option to go back and play everything else there. And I miss that too. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that we need to lose multiplayer for that to happen. I think that's kind of like a weird that's a weird statement to make because I think Mario 3D World if I had no friends and no family or nothing like that and I played at home um it probably is still very fun, and it's not the multiplayer that keeps that from being like the kind of open world thing it is. I think you could have both. I think you could have a Mario 64 game with a second player in it running around with you exploring. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I, I miss that setup, too. I really like the, you know, the castle in Mario 64 um, and the hub world. I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of the look of the city in Sunshine, but yeah. I, I still liked it, right? Like that you could actually jump into the water and, and actually try out all yeah. your moves. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's going to come back. I mean, you know. Like, I hope so. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it just... If you look at just the the variety of experiences we've gotten in the Mario franchise, that type of setup is one that's you know that's been absent for a while, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to go back to that. So it's interesting because if you would have told me before 3D World uh, to to if would I enjoy co-op Mario, I tell you no because mm. New Super you Mario like Brothers people. is much yeah I don't like people that yeah. much, and I also uh, <laughs> New Super Mario Brothers. Um, I just felt like there was always limitations and things that bothered me about playing with other people, like the pauses between death, like how we were constantly obstacles to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming out of 3D World, I really enjoyed that part of it. And it was so much fun. Like uh, another Friday, um, Brian and I sat in a, in a capture room with Tim 
and again, it was a hysterical like session. Uh, and yeah. we're actually going to record a lot more commentaries and put them on the site. Um, Did you guys do the the level multiplayer where there's the switch the switch platform oh, forms that when someone jumps God. switch around? Oh, uh, we we recorded that as the commentary um, here in the UK as well. And we couldn't actually publish it because there was two, the, the microphones were just constant screaming and laughter. There was just there was no you know it, it was horrible to listen to, but it was hilarious to play. Uh, yeah, the, that level specifically broke um, a bunch of us. I think I, I melted Pear's mind when I showed him that one because he was like, "What?" I the just hell? couldn't. I couldn't organize <laughs> my thoughts and sync up with Jose to not be angry at him. And, yeah, yeah, like oh, because it, it was my fault. Yeah, it was. He kept on saying, "Get the thing." And, <laughs> no, um, that that stuff is evil. Oh yeah, that I mean that broke my brain. It broke my friendships. Um, it was it, you had three people run out onto the platform at the same time, and one of them was like, "Nobody jump," and it's like, "Okay, cool." And then the person who said that jumps doesn't tell anybody else. And you just see three people fall into a pit, and it's like, "I'm glad you no! didn't say it was me." But I didn't, no, I didn't name names because I screwed over people like that too. You just don't think like it. It trains you. It retrains you to think unselfishly in a Mario game and all of a sudden instead of it just being this game's all about screwing over your friends and stealing crap and and taking their crown and getting better coins and you know better power ups and stuff like that but all of a sudden it's like all right, let's all tiptoe out of this blue thing at the same time nobody move god damn we're all (laughs) screaming at each other and Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 marvelous i'm dreading getting to that part at home because that's i'm gonna have to carry the i'll actually physically carry the other bubble up yo take one for the team just get in the bubble yeah actually the good thing about the bubble in this game we didn't mention before is that you can unbubble yourself now yeah which is you can hop out unless you're the last bubble unless you can't be the last bubble yeah never be the last bubble yeah, you don't, you no longer have to uh, <laughs> waggle to get close to the other player or yeah. anything like that to, to have them pop it. Where they're, they're, you hear them like that the person inside like, help me, I'm dying! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still pop the bubble in, in case you want to drop somebody into an abyss. Oh, right? yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. That's always a good one. So good. wait, why in, uh, in Mario in Japan when you die does it say miss instead of too bad? There's English all over that game, by the way. But, really? Uh, yeah, it says miss when Misu. you die. Well, they they kind of they took that word and turned it into like just a fashion word that they use in Japanese. Yeah. They like, it's like get. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, it's like get shine, get, shine get. get, yeah, yeah. Get just means anything you achieved or received, right? Acquire. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I imagine I, if it was acquire, I'd much prefer that. Shine, shine acquire. I remember that from like eighties uh, NES games where it would be like you would die and it'd be like miss. Yep. Two misses left. You're like, what does yeah. that mean? That means nothing to me. Yeah. yeah. No, what did I, I miss? I was experiencing that last night, um, and I was just like, I wonder why that is. I yeah. figured I'd ask. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, any language borrows words from others and then uses them for all sorts of nefarious reasons. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, and they, they, they took miss, and now it's theirs. Cool. One more thing I want to throw in real <clears throat> quick is that the, the I usually dread the ghost houses in Mario games, but they're so fun in this one. Like, they are completely insane. They're way <laughs> yeah. crazier than I ever thought they'd be. They have you doing things like... Where you, your entire perception is thrown off for like half a level. You're like, oh, wait a minute. I don't even know I was there. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. One of my, I, I, can we talk about the, the flagpole? Sure. Okay. Oh, there's there's yeah, one moment really where you're like, like, oh my God, thank God I made it to the end. And you jump for the flagpole and it just turns into ghosts. It goes, like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And they laugh. Yeah. It's evil. It's evil. No, I agree. Um, and there, and it, I love that the levels can all be that creative with, with certain ideas. Like, like the ghost house, like the flipping panels. I think the beep block galaxy level is is amazing, and I heard there's a follow up that's even more amazing. I oh, really? Seen it. Yeah, wow. Have not seen it. Like that's that's what I really want to like hit home about uh, 
why I still love Nintendo games is that you can kind of, I mean, there's like there are games that come out every year that sort of feel like the people working on them are going through the motions, and I don't really feel like that's the case with the new Mario game. Like it really feels like the people. It doesn't. Who, it doesn't feel like anybody. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I was going to say it doesn't feel like anybody's having a midlife crisis. Yes, which yeah. is what a lot of people feel. You know, it feels like the people who make this game are now having a midlife crisis. They mm-hmm. don't know what they're doing anymore or why. Whereas not in Mario, never in Mario. Yeah, it feels like the people who make these games and who are designing these levels are having a ton of fun. And you could tell, like, they're like, "All right, I made this thing today," and they hand it to their friend who just walked in the office, and he dies five times, and he's like, "Oh, that's sinister. I love that." Like, you can just yeah. kind of tell these people are laughing and having a good time while playing. Yeah, know? just think of the development like with a with a two games where they they tied the music to the the movement of the characters right whenever the music goes bah, the characters stop and like yeah. raise an arm or something yeah. like just imagine like the first time a programmer came in and said like hey look what it did with your music and like yeah. it's just you you can see the joy of creation in those games yeah, yeah. all right all right so uh, i was um <clears throat> unfortunately i wanted to skip uh community segment this week because i felt like you know we're a little pressed for time there's a lot going on uh, well, so we'll come back to your question of the week responses next week. Uh, I'll make sure to embed the same question into this article uh, for this post. Um, I want to thank you guys for coming together, you know, to talk about both Zelda and Mario. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Because, uh, thanks it's for been rad. In. Yeah. yeah you, you're, it, what time is it over there? It is. It is 23 minutes past seven. Oh, okay. So not that late. It's yeah, all good. I can okay. go home and have my microwave meal by myself. Hey, by the way, <laughs> we usually finish up by by telling everybody our our Twitter handles. Mm-hmm. Should we should we share our Nintendo IDs? I mean, we're all maxed out on friends, so yeah. you know, even though you can send us friend friend requests, like we can't actually accept them. Yeah. Um, but you can follow us, and uh, you know, maybe you, you'll you'll get messages in your games from us that sure. way too. Yeah, yeah. You want to no, do that? Sure. Yeah, I think right. that's a really good idea. Um, why don't you guys start? Because I always forget mine. Uh, mine is just pair dash IGN. Exactly Keep the same simple. as my yeah. no, uh, Twitter? underscore yeah. or like no dash. It's a dash. Yeah, it's mine's Agent Bizzle, same as my Twitter. So, yeah. Keza. I'm pretty sure mine is McKeza. Okay, McKeza. But I'm not 100 percent certain. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have two. <laughs> I, because I was playing the Japanese one last night, I know that that's the easier one. It's just Jose Otero, like yeah. one word. Mm-hmm. But uh, the American one, I think, is Sushi X. It was just a throwback to EGM. Sure. Oh, that's you. I didn't even know that was you. Yeah, yeah you're on my friend list. Mm-hmm. Did right. jump in right. your Mario game too? Huh? Yeah, get, your, get that ghost out of my game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I got to run, right. guys. All right. Uh, and Twitter handles real quick. You can catch Brian at... Agent Bizzle. You can catch Pear at... Pear GN. You can find Keza at... Keza McDonald. <laughs> and myself at Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week with more and
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.